swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we investigate the truthfulness of movies, included in the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're discussing another film on this intense list. A movie that made people avoid mazes for years. The Shining. The Shining was directed by Stanley Kubrick and was released on June 13th, 1980. It stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, and Danny Lloyd. Danny. Before, before we go into our winter retreat to write books and music, what makes you happy today? What makes me happy today? I got to sleep. I got a, I got a good night's sleep. I'm, uh, I got a, that was, I don't generally get good night's sleep. So, but you know, I went biking yesterday, biked for about an hour. Um, and came back exhausted in the evening and then had a good night's sleep and I woke up feeling much, much better. So I'm quite, you know, positive today. And I think that I'm, uh, I'm going to follow it up with a good walk this afternoon. So just keep on keeping on that, keep on keeping on that treadmill of life. Wow, look at you. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. How about you? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, yeah, speaking of writing music, I've, I've been working on, on a new track this last week. And oh, uh, wow. I have like the, the, the demo basically ready and, and kind of just the structure is ready and all that kind of stuff. So uh, looking forward to come back home and do it right and not just right. kind of the, the scratchy version of it. But yeah, it's kind of exciting. I mean, to, to to add more context to what, you know, what he's saying, what Johannes is saying is he has an album and yeah. uh, you should give his album a listen. You will be mesmerized by the music he makes. Um, <laughs> and he's working on another one. So you better keep your ears open for another Sorry. album coming. That's that's what he's basically saying. Basically, yeah. Um, pug, <laughs> pug dot Pug.monster. Mm. And keep your pants on when you wear it. Listen to it. Oh, you know, I, I don't discriminate. It's fine. You can listen to You can consume my music however you feel comfortable. Oh, well, apparently you can't consume it with your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I know that you're you're working on, on uh, books again, so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about working on books, but I never have the time to. No, great job time stuff anyway uh yeah. but i'm gonna get back to it eventually i'm thinking about doing it as an audio an audio style format okay because you know one of the things that i one of the big issues that i have is i don't like to read <laughs> but i like to write which is weird i know um but i think that the reading part got weaned out of me in high school uh because i used to read a lot of books and uh, I read more books than I read my schoolwork. So the solutions for the teachers was to stop me from reading books. And what I would do is I would be reading books, a book that I'm loving. And in the middle of it, a teacher would see me reading a book and seize it. And I never get to finish those books. So over time, I just lost interest in even studying. And now they've kept me with those fuckers. I've kept me with this trauma where I never get to start a book at all. So, yeah, it's it's weird. Weird. Interesting. And, I mean, yeah. Unlike my school, I, I was joking that I, I've seen Life of Brian 
maybe 15 times in school. <laughs> I've okay. never seen the ending of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it was always kind of the, the when when there's a substitute teacher for, for like a two-hour block. Yeah. Like a 90-minute block. Like they would get the, the, the video card and then just throw on that movie because it's a safe movie. But that movie is longer than 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like after, after all it's said and done with like getting the card and all the things, I've never seen the ending of that movie. So... You know, I, I kind of get what you what you're saying there. I think you know where it was like you you get inundated with media in some shape or form, but that kind of this this interests you from finishing that. I'm confused. They let you watch the life of Brian. That oh, movie yeah. has uh, very religious overtones and very atheistic overtones across it too. <laughs> that was kind of the default movie. For Interesting. Whatever reason. Uh, that would never happen in America. Well, I think it's, I mean, it, it is kind of Roman Catholic, but it's also British humor you know, humor, and like, I, th- I think that has, has a lot to do with it. Where well, did you always get to the, don't, uh, uh, the, always look on the bright side of look life. On, always look on the, yeah. Did you always get to that part at least? I don't think so. Oh man, that was actually the best part of that film. I mean, the beginning of the film was really funny, but the joke kind of went on for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then the song was nice. All right, cool. Let me not uh, cause any more blasphemy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right, The Shining. What, what can we say about The Shining? Mm, I guess we'll give a synopsis and uh, we'll get to the review. Sounds good. Let's go there. The Shining is a classic horror film directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on a novel by Stephen King. It tells the story of Jack Torrance, a writer who takes a job as the winter caretaker at the remote and haunted Overlook Hotel. Jack, along with his wife Wendy and young son Danny, becomes increasingly isolated in the eerie, snowbound hotel. As the winter sets in, supernatural forces begin to torment the family, and Jack's descent into madness becomes inevitable. The Shining is a masterful exploration of psychological horror, showcasing Kubrick's distinctive cinematic style and creating an enduring sense of dread. The film is celebrated for its iconic scenes and performances, making it a landmark in the horror genre. Stanley, what are you doing? It's one of those weird situations. I mean, let's let I'll talk about it more during yeah. the discussion. So, <laughs> all right, then then let's see heads or tails. I'll go with heads. Heads. Okay. I, I'm thinking, do I want to go against this film or do I want to go for it? Let me go against this film. Okay. Yeah, I'll go against this film. So, All right. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. So, The Shining is a movie. I mean, Johannes has given you a synopsis of what this film is about. Um, but basically... The idea is a family goes to a hotel. Um, the father wants the opportunity to try to read, uh, to try to write his novel. And the movie, um, and in the movie, as time goes on, he goes mad and more mad um, for reasons that are not entirely explained. Okay, the one of the core problems with this film is we see the process but we don't know why the process is happening. We, ex- we, we talk about The Shining. Um, we meet Holocron, who explains The Shining to, um, to Danny. Um, 
and I think that's the, of all the things in the film, that's the thing that makes the most sense. Coming from the perspective of a reader, and I think we should always be very hard, uh, we should always separate, you know, the books from the film. But it's very weird where you, you don't, at no point in this film, um, do you um, sympathize with the character of the father? He always seemed cold and distant. He always seemed like a misogynist. He seemed like he never loved his wife. At every single point, she tried to um, talk to him or have a conversation. He always seemed like he was dismissive. What happened towards the end is that his dismissiveness becomes aggression. And his aggression becomes violence. But the thing about it is his character has never changed because they indicated in the film that he beat up his kid at some point. Um, and when they saw the strangled, uh, the strangulation around his neck, the first thing his wife said was, how could you? And she blamed him for it immediately. So we have the main character who is unsympathetic. We have um, a wife who is very... Um, what do you call it? Submissive. Um, and we have the son who's doing creepy voices in his room. Um, so we have the characteristics of, you know, an interesting film, but I feel like the movie doesn't do a good job of explaining what, what's going on in this film. It's like the hotel... The idea is the hotel is trying to get Danny because Danny has powers and he wants to extend its powers beyond um, the the confines of the hotel. But this movie doesn't explain it. It becomes a family drama about a father who is being consumed by the hotel and his wife and son have to escape. The Shining becomes a passive part of the film. You know, so it's... it's um. I don't think the director did a good job of this film, honestly. And I, I do have to say that the movie does get boring at some point. Um, and if you've watched this film once, the second time you watch it, it's never going to be as scary as the as the first time, if it was scary in the first place, because there was really no horror elements that were present. They did the Mickey Mousing thing, which kind of made it unsettling. Um, and by, when I say Mickey Mouse, I'm talking about the fact that actions always result in some musical tone. Like when his wife comes down and he sees that he's been writing about Danny in the book, and then he goes and he tears the book and you can play the unsettling sound in the background just as he does it. And as he smiles, there's another unsettling sound. Those are the Mickey Mouse that's going on. Those are cool, but it doesn't make the film scary. So we we end up with a drama, a uh, domestic violence film, uh, where a lot of the things, a lot of the reasons why the domestic violence uh, is happening is a little bit shady. Um, and we don't get the payoff of a horror film. So that's my that's my uh, overall take on this film. And I'm going to let uh, Johannes talk about why this movie is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's many a reason why it is. The... The main one is that I think like you're focusing on on mainly like one of the interpretations of this and this being a kind of a family drama. But I think the brilliance of this film is that 
it's so intentionally vague that uh, you can interpret it in in so many ways and they all work um like one of them is yes it's it's kind of a psychosis family drama of an abuser um that goes through and goes crazier i think there's a lot of evidence there that uh, there's been lots of violence to danny right and and whatever shape or form like that kid has problems and and uh, the wife is also having challenges right but that power dynamic is so that that is something there's the the mystery aspect of of the shining where um i guess people can can communicate uh via telepathy i suppose mm. and you have kind of this mystery aspect of the of the um it's being on indian lands and kind of that that kind of lore i guess that that kind of comes with it and the kind of mystery and the the spirit realm of things i think you can also make an argument that this is 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 a movie that is kind of depicting hell Encounter cyclical things, and then there's also um, kind of a an argument to be made that it's not just hell, but it's also kind of the like purgatory because it it very much feels like it's it's a loop um, towards the end where we see like the big reveal that he's been there in the 30s already, right? So so it's kind of like um, there's an argument and interpretation you can make that um, this is something that keeps on happening and people kind of recognize them and it's just kind of the personal hell and maybe for what he did to Danny. Right. So I think on, on at face value there, there's a lot to dissect here and you realize it more and more, uh, the more you watch it and that there are so many facets to this that you can take in one shape or the other that the, if you just look at it from a, uh, take everything at face value with a little bit of magic involved, then Sure, I can I can see the argument that it falls flat after a second visit, but then once you kind of un unpeel the the layers of the onion a little bit and kind of recognize that this movie is crafted in a way that it's disorienting, like established sets and logic where people walk through um, don't don't work in other scenes where they walk kind of through the. You know, in the beginning, kind of to to establish the place, um, they take corridors and all that that later don't happen in the same spaces. So, so there's a lot of of that that you can see. Um, and I mean, there's some some creepy stuff sprinkled in the twins, the bloody elevator, the woman in the bathtub. Right? So, so there's kind of that mystique around it as well. And I think there's a lot of brilliance to this. And I think it looks gorgeous. It looks like a real lavish, grand estate, even though everything was on the inside was filmed in the studio. Um, very impressive. A very impressive set design. And uh, great performances. I mean, as, as much as I don't necessarily like uh, child actors, I think uh, he's done a good job of, of, of playing a distraught kid with problems. And imaginary friends and and kind of coping mechanisms, and uh, Jack Nicholson is pretty good at playing the unhinged kind of lunatic that 
kind of comes out with a tendency to overact, I think, but it fits that that crazy character. <laughs> so all in all, I think this is this is a great uh, masterpiece in layers and uh, crafting something that um, works upon multiple revisits because you can find new breadcrumbs to um, interpret this, and that that's what makes this great. You know, you talk about breadcrumbs that you can use to reinterpret. And I think that there's one example of a breadcrumb that you, used to, you can use to reinterpret. But it leads nowhere. It leads to more confusion. They go into the bathroom and the guy is talking to this caretaker and he's like, hey, I think I've seen you before. Yeah, I've seen you before. Um, weren't you the guy who killed your whole family? You, you butchered your whole family. And the guy goes, but you've always been the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker of this hotel. And you see the picture at the very end of the film, right? Now, one question is, is he a reincarnation? Did the hotel absorb him? What is the story of the caretaker who killed his wife? Is this cyclical? That's a question. That's one thread. Or is this movie about the guy who's going mad? Was that picture even real? Um, uh, And what about the the parties, the soirees that was happening in the bottom where he would go for drinks. And you'd be like, okay, cool. So maybe it's the husband who's having all these crazy dreams. But then the wife goes up the staircase and she sees somebody dressed like a pig doing piggy stuffs. And, <laughs> and I'm like, if she can see it, the kid can see it, the husband can see it. What is the story? Why can they all see this? It's not a it's not a faction of his imagination. This is a real thing happening, but you can't tell. The director doesn't do do a good job of establishing what the base facts is. So you just sometimes where you have open for interpretation that just leads to more questions. And I think if you're making a movie that just people talk about just for the sake of talking, that's sure. People are still talking about you know the end of Inception. Did the did the stuff spin? Did it stop? Just why you're making a piece of art um, and you're opening it for interpretation, which is fine, which is all good. Um, but in a movie where the movie doesn't actually take um, a definitive step in any direction, it's a little bit it's a little bit weird because at the end of the film, this movie is supposed to scare you. But if you're having philosophical conversations at the end of it, it's like, uh, is this movie doing the the subject matter the right just? Is it doing the justice? Um, I feel this is where I fall. Um, I, you know, you mentioned the choreography, the iconic scenes, the use of the camera work. Nobody's gonna fault the director because he's a great director. He, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he he knows he has an eye for these things. If there's anything that they've been able to do well, it's the the directorial, the use of uh, the pictography, uh, the use of sound. All of those things are exceptional. I noticed that you didn't mention Shelley Duvall when we were talking about great actors. I wonder why. Um, but the, Jack Nicholson's character, this is his, uh, this is his old MO, you know, he, 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 this is easy for him to play. He plays the insane character very easily. The kid, eh, 
Yeah, we'll give him. The finger stuff was weird. But, you know, let's give it to him. Uh, But I don't know. I'm curious to know why Shelley Duvall was not included in your list of great actors in this film. Uh, I think mainly because she... She really starts to shine in the last third. In the beginning, mm-hmm. I think she's she's kind of in the background. She's not as present. Um, but that's mainly her character, though. She's she's the the passive wife. Mm. You know, she's checking out the kitchen, uh, like that that whole just kind of <laughs> you know like akin to the times, I guess. Uh, yeah. Vibe, right? But then she she gets more agency in the end. Because she's breaking free against against the uh, abuse, if you want to interpret it in that sense. I think the, the, the there's a argument and reason to kind of keep things pretty open. I think the since the source material is a Stephen King novel, you know, Stephen King has always had kind of unexplainable magic. In those stories, I think this is probably the best um, movie adaptation of a Stephen King novel, mm. in my opinion. I know we talked about the Green Mile, but the Green Mile was not great. I don't think um, this really shines through the aesthetics alone, like that opening shot over the lake, that long, drawn-out drive-up, beautiful. Uh, set design, camera movement, all that, right, is, is great. So from from a from a technical standpoint, it's doing a lot of right. I think the 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 things that you give it flaw that you flaw it for, rather, mm. um, are based on the book, which is mainly by Stephen King. I I know that Sandy Kubrick also wrote and streamlined a couple things, but you know there will always be kind of weird magic with with Stephen King. And but, um, go ahead. Just just to be clear, I mentioned the book, but I, I I didn't. I really didn't do a lot of like comparisons of it. I just mentioned that you know I just so I, I don't want to dismiss my my criticisms of it just because of the book. I do think that, irrespective of whether the book exists or not, this movie has those flaws because the director chose this direction. Where yeah. he doesn't explain what the hell is going on, and by by book I mean the the script for this movie, not the, okay. not the novel. Right. So the 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 book for this movie. Um. So I think there's there's always this weird kind of magic. Did we need the the explanation of The Shining? Is The Shining, you know, the the connection between the kid and, um, Hallibrand. Yeah, like, is that even meaningful in some sense? Not necessarily, because that's yeah. just fizzling out, right? So you, you can make an argument of, like, the the title of the movie and kind of the, the aspects of that is not really doing anything for the movie because it's just kind of an added, like, oh, by the way, The Shining is, you know, that. That's why didn't, why didn't the guy shine the police officers on the other <laughs> side of the room? It's like, it's like, what's the real power of the shining? Is this mental madness? What, what's, what's the story? They didn't explain what the shining was. But, but I'm saying that, like, whenever you have something like based on a Stephen King thing, I think you will always have to have this, this magic mystique. Mm. Um, 
but you can you can kind of redeem that by creating a technically fantastic film which Kubrick has done I think there's there's enough creepy stuff happening I don't think it's a horror movie per se but I think it's 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 a very tension filled film um that makes this pretty pretty tense I think the the uh, chasing through the maze like you you really are kind of like oh my god you know is he gonna do it is he not you know is he gonna escape um and it just kind of builds and builds and builds uh, so I think there's there's a lot of great about this film and it's uh like I said since it has so many ways to interpret what what's going on and it's left open uh rewatchability is pretty high which is not always the case you know I think we talked about Avengers uh, Infinity War recently and I, I don't think the the rewatchability is very high for a movie like that mm. Because there's kind of no point. It's very cut and dry. <laughs> there's no interpretation. With The Shining, there's so much to to see and find, so much detail that um, you you will find new ways to look at this movie every time you watch it. You know, and that's great. So I I think it's a it's a fantastic movie. Should be higher on the list. Go away, Green Green Mile. <laughs> ah, all right well i think i've given up my uh i think i've given my my perspective on this film and uh, i don't know if you want if you're ready to go on the sidebar sure let's do it overall sidebar guilty speculation hearsay bailiff briefcase disregard in my chamber stop beaver on the witness arrest we could totally be lawyers okay the question the question that is the most important question of this is did i like this film despite the critique yes I like this film despite the critique. Uh, there's a lot of good face acting in this film. Um, and I, and if I see good face acting, the first reaction I always have is face acting. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shelley Duvall did a lot of good face acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Nicholson did a lot of good face acting. Um, you know, even Hollow Brand did some good face acting, especially when he was laying on the bed. Uh, and they were having that uh, weird conversation through the snow uh, with the kid and made him fly on a plane and get killed. Uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of good face acting. The music was great. The sense of tension was good. I do feel like the movie is not scary enough. I don't think this movie is horrific enough. And I think if you go in from the perspective of a family horror, maybe it is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you look at it from the traditional sense, it's not so good. The Mickey Mouse scene was all right. Um, I think it's very unsettling the way they used it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, the director and the direction, the photography, the use of scenery, top notch. But I can see the disconnect. I can see the disconnect. This movie, um, when you think about it, it it makes for great conversation, mm-hmm. but I'm not entirely sure that it achieves what it wants to achieve. So fans of the of this movie are not necessarily fans of the book, and fans of the book are not necessarily fans of the book of the movie because they're two totally different things. Um they achieve totally different things and you know it's it's interesting. That's 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 my overall take on this. Yeah. Face acting the more I see of Jack Nicholson I saw Chinatown recently, and this movie, obviously, 
the less I like him. Whoa, that is interesting. Go on. I'm curious. <laughs> I I think to me he he kind of comes off as a one trick pony and very overacting. Mm. Like I, I don't know. I uh, it is very much face, face acty and very it's it's too much. I think like a lesson in subtlety. I don't know. I it's just two performances that I've seen of him where I'm like it's a little much and a little too 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 crazy. Uh um so yeah that that's one thing. I think the the other thing that I didn't necessarily like, I think it's a little too long. Um I mean that's kind of a common critique I have for movies, but mm. um I think you need to to make make up for like you need to keep people engaged and i think there is some spaces here where it's just taking a little too long to get to places um the very obvious exposition is is also something that i noticed like now that, that i've seen it a couple of times where it's just like um like they do a, a pretty good job at exposing and framing all the locations that are relevant mm-hmm. right and and the initial walkthrough and handover of the job like the framing of you guys will take over this hotel and we'll take care of it we'll we'll orient the viewers in giving you a tour Mm -hmm. that's interesting but it's also a lot of time spent on uh, establishing and setting the laying the groundwork for the for the action later because you mm. need to kind of understand where you are spatially. And then he screws it all over by by just, you know, moving rooms around and, and just kind of disorient you from what he's established, which is interesting because it has that effect of like, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> so yeah. it kind of drives you crazy in, in your own sense. So there's, there's something very interesting there. But uh, we spend a lot of time on just like... You know, everything is spelled out. It's like, oh, there's nobody here. Nobody is able to come here because once it snows, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, you know, and then lo and behold, it starts to snow and they're screwed. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and we spent a lot of time in the first third um, of just doing that. Of establishing their bedroom. And because that will later have that pivotal here comes Johnny scene and you need to know kind of the spatial things of it. The, um, the thing I noticed was there's a shot earlier where Jack Nicholson is talking to his son in the bedroom and Nicholson, you can see him in the mirror and the son is kind of further down in, in the room. So you can see both faces. Um, and I knew that mirror shot will be used for the, for the big reveal when he writes red drum on the door yeah right and then it's like oh yeah they established a mirror already is there so so there's a lot of that just kind of establishing spaces and establishing shots so from from a technical level it's great because that's that's one of those um film schooly movies i think where where you just by the way you tell the story and show the the story you help ground the, the audience and you help establish expectations and view lines and all that and nothing is really unexpected because you already gave the groundwork for it yeah and and that's fantastic right like so so technically this movie is great uh i i think it's a little overacted and i think the magic aspect of it doesn't really do much 
Like, yeah. Yeah, yes, it's called The Shining, but I feel like that doesn't go anywhere. We have a Thank lot you. of establishing of, like, some people have it, some people don't. Well, but what is the point of having it? What it's is like the he, point of having it? Like, it, it, it's not something that really saved him. Like, he didn't yeah. have any agency. It didn't even help him in any way. He just made him more confused, basically. He's been, yeah. From the time they were living in Chicago, wherever they came from, I think it was Chicago, right? And uh, he was just, he was already talking to him. The hotel was reaching out to him, telling him about the girls, the water, Red Rum. I mean, yeah. Red Rum is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. anyway. And and uh, you brought up the kind of abuse. Like, like this last time I watched it, uh, that got more prominent to me, that um, interpretation of it. And I think mm. I would have, had I spoken against it, I would have gone in that direction as well. Of like, this is very clearly a movie about somebody that is very abusive to his family. Yeah. And we just see how that just continues to spiral out of control. And we we see the rebellion and trying to break out of that abuse and there's some some magic sprinkled in to underline the fact that trauma ways to deal with trauma may may come out in in weird shapes or forms you know sometimes kids have imaginary friends because that helps them get through things i suppose or you know they they see things or they you know imagine just crazy stuff um and same with with um the wife you know like you could you could make an argument of like that's all trauma and they try to break free from it and then the final end they are able to escape the yeah. abuser but yeah. Um, yeah but then it just highlights the point that the shining was just passive in this whole film yeah if you and, go with and, that interpretation right and it also kind of points to the question of the final shot of the image with you know when Nicholson's in the ballroom it's yeah. like what's that supposed to be in exactly you know? so and, it's yeah it has too many directions i mean the movie's still good no just for i mean it's probably jack nicholson's best film because he was mostly jack nicholson in this film mm-hmm. but i i, I don't know I, I, it doesn't change my perspective of jack nicholson i, I i've seen him in the departed uh, he departed. Uh, uh-huh. and he was pre- and it was pretty good. You know, it was just, I I've seen him in different roles, and this one and the Joker were the most uh, face acting of the face actings of Jack Nicholson. I think it was a little bit more subtle in Chinatown, but I need to rewatch that film. I like Chinatown though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, he's been mm. a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And, yeah. About, about Schmidt. Um, what do you call that one? I really liked one, the one he did with uh, Terms of Endearment. He was in, anyway, why am I listing films? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's, uh, that's all there is, uh, all that I have to give on this one, even though there's some, you know, something's got to give. Yeah. Uh, um, you know what people should give us? A review. Yeah. You should post a review. Post, post a, review. a review. Or we dare you. We dare you. Or talk to us on social media, which you can find where? On excrement. You can put in excrement on uh, X at uh, at Movie Mistrial. Or Facebook on at Movie Mistrial. Or Instagram on at Movie Mistrial. Or you can send us an email. Contact to... 
contact at moviemistral.com. Next up, The Great Dictator, Charlie Chaplin. All right. Well, we'll deal with that mess in the next <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.